Hey there, it's your career insider, Cindy Thomas, welcoming you into another episode of the Insights Career Club. Our podcast helps job seekers succeed in their job search. But did you know that we also coach professionals throughout their careers? As an in-house talent acquisition person, you know by now that I've interviewed thousands of candidates and worked with hundreds of hiring managers to fill positions over a career of 25 plus years. My coaching sessions will help you understand what managers look for when hiring. And if you listen to the podcast regularly, you can learn a lot. You'll find free job search support on our website and a variety of paid career services to meet your needs. And don't forget about our newsletter. You can sign up for that on the site. Now stay tuned. There's a great podcast coming up. There's been a lot of talk about recession lately. Have you heard it? Lately, it seems as if I'm hearing it a lot more frequently. And it's made me think about how you can prepare for a recession. For some of you, this will be your first experience with one. So after doing some research, I put a list together, which we'll get to a little later, but I wanted to discuss a few terms with you first. A recession is when there's a prolonged economic decline and shrinking markets. Unemployment rises and production goes down, which generally will slow inflation. Now, inflation is just sustained increase in consumer prices for a period of time. And basically what it means to us is that our dollar doesn't get us as much as it used to. And you've already been impacted by inflation at the gas station or the grocery store where you paid more for your purchases. I heard some facts just earlier today on the news that with inflation being 9.1%, it's costing the average family $493 more per month just to maintain their status quo. Now, causes of inflation come from an increase in demand or supply side factors like the effects from COVID. These things inflate production costs and supply chain constraints. And I've got one more term, stagflation. And that refers to a period where the recession is uniquely also coupled with high inflation. So let's discuss how we got here because we kind of know, but this will just sure up what you know. When COVID-19 began, Janet Yellen and other economists around the world thought the inflation that everyone was feeling was only going to be temporary. No one has insight into the future, so no one knew it was going to last several years. They thought the pandemic was a temporary situation that was driving consumer demand and supply chain shortages, and that resulted in increased pricing. However, Ms. Yellen in May amended her outlook on how we got here. Here's what she told CNN. Quote, there have been unanticipated and large shocks to the economy that have boosted energy and food prices and produced supply bottlenecks that have affected our economy badly that I didn't, at the time, fully understand, but recognize that now. End quote. There are some other factors that caused her outlook to change as well. Inflation started to spread into unaffected sections of the economy that hadn't been squeezed by the pandemic, and still we had supply chain issues. Think of industries like pharmaceuticals, biotechnology, 
the insurance agency, accounting firms, technology industries, just to name a few. In addition, our economy was also slammed by several rounds of new strains of COVID variants. These surges kept the country in turmoil. Businesses remained in lockdown and citizens were under house arrest. Now factor in the late Russia invading UK, Ukraine war and the world supply chains have taken another hit. Now there's a company by the name of Insight Global. They commissioned a study of white collar workers. And what they found is that nearly 80% of respondents are worried about the safety of their jobs. Now they're calling this fear of recession and its effect, the great apprehension. There's some other typical things too that happened during the recession. Rising rates result in higher borrowing costs and payments for consumer loans on mortgages, on cars, and credit cards. Recessions also typically produce widespread layoffs, bankruptcies, and cause wild fluctuations in the stock market, something we've already experienced. The housing market, too, has already slowed down. And though there's been no increase in unemployment, we're still low at 3.6%, there have been some layoffs. You may not know that many tech companies have already started to do layoffs. Companies like, well, Netflix, to name one, Carvana, PayPal, The Zebra. Those are a few of them. Now, there's a CNET article that I found quoting a website called layoffs.fyi. It tracks job losses at startups. They reported that there were close to 37,000 layoffs from startups in the second quarter of 2022. That is quite a bit for one quarter. Now, multiple sources, including Wall Street, CNN, and CNBC, are reporting a high probability of an economic downturn that may occur in the U.S. They think it will start either the fourth quarter of this year or the first quarter of 2023, and its duration will be about a year. Other opinions or predictions include Goldman Sachs. Their economists are estimating that the U.S. will hit a slump in 2023 at 30%. And our Federal Reserve Chair, Jerome Powell, he is saying that the U.S. and the recession is a possibility, but not inevitable. Now, there's a parallel opinion I'm going to share with you. It's coming from Wall Street, and there were more than 50% of investment and economic professionals that think that the Fed's attempt to combat inflation by rising interest rates and running off the balance sheet will eventually cause a recession. This is the recession they're trying to avoid by raising interest rates. All of that stuff is mind-boggling. So how can you be ready for a recession? First off, think the three Cs, cool, calm, and collected. I want you to remain cool, calm, and collected and take a beat. Sit down and start planning. How would you be affected if you lost your job? What are the changes you'd have to make? Let's look at finances. Do you have a budget? And if you don't have one, now's the time to put one together. Take the time that you need to go over your income and monthly bills. What do you need to meet your monthly obligations? Add some padding to your budget for emergencies or unexpected expenses. Oh yeah, like raising gas prices or food prices. You can also use this time 
to determine if there's any fat in your budget, like $5 lattes, monthly shopping sprees, or maybe you could cut down on eating out. Then prepare your lists and save them. So if the need does arise, you're ready to act. Now let's talk more dollars and cents. Easy. Delay large purchases. Don't go out and make big expenditures for a car, a boat, a home, or any other large purchase. And if you were planning on buying a house, you notice that the mortgage rates have doubled in just the last couple of months. If you're in an apartment, it's a good bet to continue being a renter and save as much as possible. Second tip, don't make rash investing moves. Talk to your broker or financial person and consider signing up for automatic rebalancing of your portfolio. This feature can ensure that your investments stay properly weighted and aligned with your risk tolerance and investment goals, even when the market swings. Now, we all have savings accounts. Continue to save as much as possible just in case your income does go away. Remember that businesses haven't recovered from economic downturns resulting from the pandemic. But what you need to do is to gather all your saving resources, your bank accounts, your 401ks, and your investments together. And then remember, think back, do you have any 401ks that you left at a former employer? When you do this, gather all this information, add it up, you'll know what you can put your hands on in available cash and savings. Now, Susie Orman, who's a financial guru, recommends that you have at least 12 months of your monthly salary or more saved. Now, that's a lot of money, and it may be difficult or near impossible for you. There are other financial planners that recommend having six to nine months as an emergency fund. But if you have a family and children, you're going to need more, so plan accordingly. Other options. Get a part-time job. Increase your income by getting a second income stream from a second job. Be sure to weigh the cost of your earnings against what you spend for the new part-time gig to be sure it's worth your while. So for example, if you've got to drive to a second job and it's a ways away, you're going to be spending a lot for gas. Consider what all those costs are going to be and compare it against what you're going to be earning and see if it's really worth your while. Another tip, work on getting a raise or a promotion. Talk to your manager and see what you need to do to get promoted or get a raise. Get a plan in action and follow it. You can update your resume. Now, this is true, especially if you haven't been diligent in keeping it updated with new jobs, assignments, or accomplishments. Remember, it's better to do this when you're not under duress to find a job and then look for a new job. You may be in the midst of a job hunt. So if you're thinking of leaving your current employer, weigh the risks. Be thorough in your research. Unemployment numbers are low. Job rumors. Now here's some things you may have already heard because it's been, I've heard it on the news several times. There is some scuttlebutt going around that there's two open jobs for every one person seeking a new position. Now, what you need to know that's missing from this statement is that only part of the picture is being presented. The logic is off. Two people for every one job may be true purely in a numerical sense. 
However, when you look at all the factors and you drill down and you look at the type of jobs that are open and the population seeking jobs, the talent, skills, and abilities in the jobs that are open are mismatched. A job buffet may be more in line for workers in skilled professions. They're in demand. But workers that are unemployed are more likely to have been in jobs that they no longer like or want to do, like the jobs for waiters and bartenders and warehouse workers and other frontline workers. These workers are seeking jobs that are not physically challenging. Unfortunately, they may not have the skills or the experience to qualify for more skilled professions. So, I've got a word of caution for you. Things can change on a dime, and they just may. If a recession is on the horizon, you could be impacted by the old practice of last hired, first fired. Here's some things to keep in mind as you interview. Vet out the possibility of coming layoffs with the interviewers that you meet with. Ask them how layoffs were handled in the past, and then do some vetting of your own. Look at the website of the company. Look at their quarterly results. Read what you can find in press releases to know what's going on with the company. It will, and then use that information when you're interviewing. If you're leaving a full-time job to take a new job, be sure to explore with HR the type of provisions the company has for layoffs and or acquisitions. Is something already in place? Is it coming? And where does the job that you're accepting, what is your job classification, and where does it land on the severance payoff schedule? If they don't have a severance package, you may want to try to negotiate your own severance. Be reasonable, but think about what you may need in support before you find another job. And then remember to get whatever is agreed upon spelled out in writing in your offer letter or in an addendum document. Now, I don't want you to misunderstand what I'm saying here. I am not telling you that you shouldn't consider a great new job. Just be sure that you're as prepared as you can be for any possible unexpected changes. Now, I want to get back to talking about how to find money for an emergency fund. So if you're working, or even if you're not working and you have stock with an old company. If you've been on your job for a few years or you have stock options that you earn over the years someplace else, you have options, literally. You can get some ready cash by selling that stock. Now, if you have a 401k, keep investing in it if possible. If your options for finding emergency funds are limited, consider using money from that 401k as your emergency fund. You can also investigate getting a 401k loan option. You can check all that out. Just be aware that there are age restrictions around withdrawals and payback. Now, here's some final thoughts. Remember that your best defense is always a good offense. The things that I have shared with you are offensive, things that you can have some control over because there are many things that we don't have any control over. Get your financial affairs in order and you know you'll be able to weather a looming recession. So glad you joined us today. If you enjoyed the podcast, 
please like us because your ratings matter. We'll be bringing you new podcasts every two weeks on the first and third Wednesdays. My goal is to help you, my valued listeners in your job search, and continue to help you right on through your work life. To make that happen, though, your support is needed. By listening regularly, we can keep this going. But you can also help by sharing the podcast with your network of friends, family, and coworkers. Ask them to listen. We're on Apple and Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Pandora, iHeartRadio, and so many more. Not so podcast savvy? Tell them they can go to listen on our website at www.insiderscareerclub.com. I appreciate your support. Stay safe and take care.